Welcome to the podcast. I'm Mark. And I'm Krista. And you're listening to Practical Prepping Quick Tips. Are you ready for the next natural disaster or one of the little emergencies that life throws your way? Practical Prepping for Everyday People. This book is available from our website, on Amazon, or wherever books are sold. Well, it's a dreary, damp day in North Alabama. It's kind of chilly. Temperature is 49 degrees. Humidity outside is 92%. We had some storms and rain come through last night. A little bit of thunder woke me up one time. A little bit of rain woke me up one time. Nothing major, but it's just one of those dreary days outside. So it's definitely an inside day. And we are glad that you are here for quick tips number 41. Now, this is something that's not often included in a lot of detail in a lot of preppers' plans. But what we're talking about is seven hygiene tips for SHTF. So let's get right into those. Tip number one, we can take baths using rainwater. You don't have to filter it or purify it. In 90 degree weather, you can put an old bathtub in the backyard and fill it with your rainwater. And after five or six hours in direct sunlight, it is a very nice, warm, steamy type bath. Good to get in. Or in colder days or cloudy days, you can use the old redneck hot tub. And that's to build a fire under a cast iron bathtub and enjoy it that way. Two things, don't let it get too hot. And number two, make sure your neighbors aren't watching. But you can take baths using rainwater in SHTF. Tip number two, stockpile hygiene supplies now. Now, a lot of people disregard hygiene as a part of their stockpile plans, and they're thinking that having toilet paper and toothpaste is enough. But really, there's a lot of other things that you need to store or stock for hygiene in SHTF. Paper towels, hand sanitizers, antibacterial wipes. You probably, in a long term, would want tweezers, mirrors, nail clippers, Guys, you want an old-fashioned razor, and I've found that shaving soap is much more economical than shaving foam, and you can get that not consistently, but you can get that at a lot of the big box stores. And anything else you're using right now on a day-to-day basis, you need to stock that up, and that includes deodorant as well. Speaking of, if you run out of deodorant, cornstarch is good for body powder under the armpits and in the growing area. And I used to put that under my ballistic vest. Actually, I would put it under my t-shirt and then I would rub some on my t-shirt before I put my ballistic vest on before we went to the external carriers. And that kept me cooler and drier through the day. Tip number three in SHTF, we're going to need to get rid of our garbage. Rats thrive in garbage. And in SHTF, in a post-SHTF situation, there's not going to be any garbage pickup, and you have to get rid of it yourself. Now, you can compost some of it, and the rest of it, you either bury it, burn it, or transport it. If you're going to burn it, use a small fire for the burning. You don't want huge amounts of smoke. If you're going to bury it, bury it under at least a foot of dirt. And throwing it over the neighbor's fence just really isn't a good option. But we need to look at a plan to get rid of our garbage. Number four, 
you don't need to flush every time. Now, some of you folks are going to cringe at this. I know folks that practice this even today. But you don't want to flush too much water down the toilet, especially if you're having to use rainwater, creek water, swimming pool. You can use those if you have an adequate supply of water. But remember, you may have to haul that water. So we want to have some water-saving methods. And using the old, if it's yellow, let it mellow. If it's brown, flush it down rule. That's one way that we can save water post-SHTF through our toilet. Tip number five, we want to prevent rather than treat. Now, this really applies to wound infections. We want to prevent those rather than treating them. In other words, we want to not get infections. Before antibiotics, infection kill more people from small wounds than were killed by large wounds themselves. In the Civil War, more people were killed by infection after being shot than were killed by being shot. Now, we must have a plan to prevent infection and not depend on treating the infections after they start as we do today. The probability is that we're not going to have the availability of antibiotics in a post-SHTF situation. Now, a lot of people do prep antibiotics, but we still want to save those for the times that we really, really need them and not let smaller wounds become infected. We do need to understand intensive wound care for when we get any open wounds. Now, there's a lot of resources online, but don't wait till the stuff hits the fan to start researching that. Learn now how to provide proper wound care. We want to prevent as much as we can. And that means that we're going to need some antiseptic on hand. A lot of it. We're going to need antimicrobial soaps and creams and ointments. We're going to need clean bandages. And those wounds are going to need, and this doesn't matter how severe that wound is, even if it's minor, It needs daily cleaning and dressing of those open wounds. Now, another issue that we deal with or will deal with is waterborne diseases. Cholera and typhoid, they're rare today in industrialized country, but still today there's 7,000 deaths, 120,000 hospitalizations, and over 7 million illnesses from waterborne infection. And that's today. Imagine in an SHTF situation. Some of the common waterborne illnesses that we may see resurrect or that are in our society today, even industrialized countries, typhoid fever. Even though we rarely see that today, it will make a resurgence during a post-SHTF situation. Same thing with cholera. That's common in some third world countries or underdeveloped countries. Giardia. Now, this is common. This is, it's caused by a parasite. It's found in ponds and streams, and it can even be in city water systems. And that's a scary thing to think about, that the city could be sending Giardia into our houses. That's one of the reasons that we have the water filter that we have And before I came in here and sit down to record, I was going to get a new cup of coffee. 
I had had some older coffee sitting in my cup from this morning on my desk, and I poured that little bit of coffee into the sink, and I started to rinse that cup out with the city water, and then I realized what I had been talking about here in writing these notes. And I reached over and I rinsed my cup out, even though it only took about an ounce of water. I rinsed it out with filtered water. And so we want to be careful with that unfiltered water and what might be in there. Do I think there's Giardia in our city water? Probably not. Am I taking a chance? No, I'm not. Another thing that we can get, and this was very common during the 1800s, and that's dysentery. It manifests as an extreme form of diarrhea, and it's not the dysentery that kills, but it's the loss of fluid. Loss of fluid can kill us whether we know that or not. Another thing that we see sometimes today is E. coli. That will become much more rampant in a post-SHTF situation, and the symptoms are very similar to that of dysentery, and the danger is the very same from loss of fluid. Here's one we don't think about, hepatitis A. Hepatitis A is a liver infection and you can contract it with contact with people or through water. So that's another consideration of why we need clean water in a post-SHTF situation. Another that we hear a lot of today is salmonella. It's often thought to be related to cross-contamination from raw food And every time I see Krista cutting up chicken, I think about salmonella. But, you know, and and she's very, very careful with what she does. No utensil that's used to cut the raw chicken. No plate, no service, nothing from the raw chicken touches the cooked food. So she's very careful about that. But it can also be contracted through water. Have you ever thought about that? Now, we need to be guarding against viruses. We actually need to be doing this not just now, and learning it now is a very good prepper skill for post-SHTF. Now, we need to guard against these viruses, and one way that we can do that is with hand sanitizer. We can sanitize our hands. We also need to be cleaning our counter surfaces. This is one reason that I really like the Clean Start Hand Sanitizer and Antiseptic Concentrate. Very small bottle, three and a half ounce, makes a gallon. And you can actually do all three of these things, cleaning your hands, antiseptic, and cleaning your counter surfaces just by diluting it a little bit for the counters. And that's after you've made the gallon, just dilute that a little bit more and it works very well for cleaning your counters. And one thing about it, it keeps killing germs for up to three hours. Now, I like the small applicators of that, and I carry it in the bag or the pocket, and I use it regularly. Now, here's what I really care, not just for hand sanitizing, but I like the antiseptic property of this. And you can apply it to any scratch, any wound, anything that breaks the skin, regardless of the size, needs some type of antiseptic. Same thing goes with blisters. We really want to prevent those blisters because they can become open sores and subject to infection. Blisters are caused by friction against the skin. 
We need to have some heavy work gloves because in a post-SHTF situation, we'll be doing a lot of work with our hands. We also want to properly break in our boots and shoes. We did a podcast episode on that sometime back about properly breaking in hiking boots. But you can also wear two pair of socks. You can wear a very thin pair of socks and then put a heavier pair over those and help cut down on that friction from those boots. Tip number six. Post-SHTF, you're really going to have to turn yourself into a bit of a clean freak. Going to need to become a germaphobe, and that is regularly using that hand sanitizer, regularly cleaning those counters and the tables, and we're going to need to bathe as often as we can and as best we can. Because of water limitations, it may be just a cloth, water, and some soap, but it's important. We're also going to need to isolate our dirty clothes until they can be washed. That's especially important if we have been around other people. And that leads us to number seven, tip number seven. Stay away from people. When it hits the fan, there'll be a lot of people with a lot of health problems. And the golden rule of SHTF hygiene is to stay away from people and avoid touching them altogether. This is where handshaking goes out the window. You know, that went away a lot in COVID. And we did the elbow bumps. We did the fist bumps. And a lot of people are still doing the fist bumps today. But we need to just not be touching people in a post-SHTF situation. Truth is, poor hygiene and sanitation will take you out long before most doomsday scenarios. And if you suffer from infection because of poor hygiene, it's going to be very hard to overcome without modern medicine. So plan now to be able to take care of your family and your sanitation and your hygiene. Stuff happens. Stay prepared. And we'll see you next time. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of Practical Prepping Quick Tips. Would you consider supporting the podcast by buying us a cup of coffee? Go to the website, practicalprepping.info, and click on the link to buy me a coffee. You can contact us by email at info at practicalprepping.info. You can also contact us through Facebook and through the website. And until next time, remember, stuff happens. Stay prepared.